This is the Breaking Labels Podcast, and I'm Rosanna Gill. Each episode, we'll discuss labels that have confined the stories of my guests at one point or another and their journeys to thrive beyond them. Some labels are external, and others we put on ourselves as limiting beliefs. But regardless of where the label comes from, we're here to break it because we were meant for so much more. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Breaking Labels podcast. Thank you so much for being here. If this is your first time, welcome. And if not your first time, welcome back. And thank you so much for being a listener of the podcast. Before I play this episode, it is actually a previous episode from back in 2020, and it's a conversation with a friend of mine uh, named Stephanie Mahoney. And if you have been listening to the podcast for the last few weeks, you know I've been playing a lot of past episodes as I prepare for the A Different Perspective series coming up at the end of this month, this month being the end of September, as well as preparing to launch her time. So thank you, thank you, thank you for your support, and I appreciate your patience as I get all of this together. Before you listen to this episode, I did actually want to let you know an example of a scenario that we'll be talking about on a different perspective. And if you don't know, it's a series where I've given people the option to submit anonymous questions or scenarios about race and ethnicity, and I will have guests during the series come in and discuss the topics. And I don't say answer the questions necessarily because the idea and the point of is to create a safe space for discussion and to talk about things. And again, the reason it's called a different perspective is because I am probably not going to have the same perspective as my guests. And I think that's important and it needs to be shown. And maybe sometimes we get very focused on what is the right answer and there can only be one. And I just don't think that's true. So we're going to be discussing amazing topics, one of which I actually just got today from someone where they are white and they are dating someone who's black and they wanted to know how do they address this person's propensity to stereotype other blacks as in oh, now I know why this person is late in getting me this information because he's black. Now, again, understand this is a black person saying this about another black person. So interesting topic. I was so glad they reached out with that. And I thought, wow, I can give you my thoughts on this, but I'm really glad that you submitted this because it is absolutely something that should be discussed amongst a few people. And Those are the type of scenarios that we're going to be talking about on a different perspective. And I think they're conversations that need to be had and conversations that can really bring a lot of value to people's lives. So if you have a scenario like that that you'd like to submit for a different perspective, there is a link in the show notes, which I highly encourage you to use. And at least that way you can submit the question anonymously. This person actually came to me directly, but you can also submit your question, your scenario anonymously through the link in the show notes. And I mentioned this on last week's episode. If you want to support a different perspective and her time, you could do it a few ways. You can share this episode with people that you think might want to contribute a question for a different perspective or might be interested in listening to her time once it launches. And you could also share the GoFundHer pages that I've created for both the series, A Different Perspective, and the podcast, Her Time. I have started these GoFundHer pages to help pay for the production and the advertising costs of both podcasts and doing both at once, which I have created those pages. The links to them are in the show notes. 
If you know of a business who would like to sponsor, then hey, send them my way. Happy to talk to them. Or they could just donate on the GoFundHer pages. With that, let's get into this amazing conversation with Stephanie. I can't wait for you to hear from her. I had actually reached out to her about being on the podcast because in the midst of COVID, I saw this sort of awakening and this blossoming of this wonderful woman. And, you know, ironically, I didn't know at the time, but she and women like her are the inspiration for my next podcast, Her Time, or I should say my second podcast, Her Time. So it felt very apropos to share this episode again ahead of the launch of Her Time. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Stephanie as much as I did. All right. I haven't seen you, oh my gosh, seven years? Eight years? Yeah. When was our mud run? Do you that remember that? came up as a memory in Facebook recently. It did. It Very, so many years ago. Um, you were talking about your running in your first episode. And I was like, mm-hmm. I remember all that, that running. The running. That was, that was my first obstacle course race. Mine too. I think David's too. Really? David, remember David? We signed up and David thought it was going to be... A 5K. A 5K, and it was five, five miles. miles. That, I was so surprised. He was like, yeah, yeah, let's do this. And I was like, this ninja wants to run five miles? Okay, all right. He was like, what did he so find out fun. the day of? Yeah, when we got there. <laughs> they, they made an announcement, and they said something about five miles, and I was like, uh... Cause I didn't know either, but it didn't like I had been running, so it didn't phase save me. Like as far as like I was like, okay, well it's just two more miles. Um, but he was like, wait, what? <laughs> so fun! I know it's been forever. Life has obviously changed drastically mm-hmm. over this way. Yeah, been- three munchkins. <sighs> hmm. Three. Y'all lived somewhere before you moved to Nap- Annapolis, though, didn't you? So David got out of the military because he was in the Navy in mm-hmm. Jacksonville. And then he got out. It took him like six months to find another job and finally found a job in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. So we moved to Connecticut, which was freezing from, Jack- like from Jacksonville to Connecticut. And then he worked with Kimberly Clark Corporation for a while. They're the ones that make like the diapers and um, paper towels. And you see him like when you go to the public restrooms, like when you're pumping paper towels, Kimberly Clark. So he worked with them. And then we moved to Pennsylvania, still worked with them. And then we went to a Navy football function here in Annapolis. And lo and behold, they were looking for somebody and hired him for the football job. And that's how we ended up here in Annapolis. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. How do you guys like Annapolis compared to the other three places y'all have lived together? Well, I'm actually from Maryland. So I was back home for me. So my dad's what? only an hour south. So I did, oh, I went I to high school. That. Yeah. So I was actually very ironic that we moved back here. Um, so I love it. I would say this would be as far north as we would ever like to go. And I don't know. We're really good here. We like it. It's just really expensive here. Is it? <laughs> yeah, you know, Annapolis is a, you know, there's a lot of boaters and, oh, you know, it's just expensive. It's an expensive. A, a little hoity-toity. A little hoity-toity. Just, mm-hmm. just a smidge. But we we still like it. So we've been here three years this month. Oh, my God. I didn't realize it's been three years. Yeah. Yeah. Holy cow. Bit. So. Oh, good for you. Yeah. So here we are. 
I think this is so cool that you're doing this. I felt so special when you asked me to come on. I was like, <gasps> I felt like I was really excited because, and, and obviously we'll get into it, but like just watching your evolution, even just on social media, because obviously I, I haven't gotten to talk to you personally in years, but mm-hmm. just watching and just seeing like this blossoming happen. And I was like, I don't know what's happening, but I like it. <laughs> Something's happening over there. I, I feel like including with you, I'm watching a lot of my girlfriends this year in particular really step into some uncomfortable, passionate things that they say they've always wanted to do, whether it's with me or a podcast, you know, whatever it is. It has been the year to watch my female friends rise above some things. It is the coolest thing, which is why I am just adoring watching everyone on social media. When you came out and said that you're, you're like, I'm doing my podcast. I'm like, Everybody is just like coming out and just finding themselves this year. And I think it is so cool. It is so, so cool. I love watching it. I feel like to some extent, and I, you know, I never want to make light of it because of how bad it's been and, and, you know, how many deaths have occurred. But to some extent, there has been something really beautiful in the pandemic of when everything, like when hell broke loose, I think it really was a time for people to kind of reassess and look at like what really matters because I don't know what's going to happen and everything we think and we know about how life operates for us could be turned on a dime and we have no say in it whatsoever. Yeah. And actually I heard a quote too that really resonated with me about this year in particular was that diamonds are created under pressure. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this year, like I said, I will never make light of this year because it has been very it has rocked a lot of people's boats, but at the same time, people have had to really, they've been put under a lot of pressure and I'm seeing people shine under that pressure, despite mm-hmm. all the things that are going on. It is, that's why I'm just, I think it's, it's inspirational. You yes. can't help but be attracted. Like you're just, I'm like a bug to a light when people do these things. Yes. I'm just like, look at you, you know, so mm-hmm. neat. So, so neat. So, it's nice to keep positive because there's certainly been a lot of negative this year. Oh, uh, yeah, a hundred percent. And I, you know, I made a, a post about it on social media. I said, if you go on social media and you and you think it's negative and and it's destroying your positivity about the world, maybe you're following the wrong people. Mm-hmm. I said because when I go on now, I've cleaned out things a lot, but when I go on now. I see Bible verses. I see women stepping into their passions. I see inspirational quotes. I see podcasts. I see people and I just go on and I like, when I go on social media, it brings out the best of me. Isn't that weird? Oh no. I think what you look for is what you get. Yeah. And I just, I think that social media can actually be a very beautiful place, but you do have to, you do have to take out some trash but that's the thing, though. There's some accountability there. Like, if you don't like what you're seeing, then maybe you should tweak something. Like, I've oh. muted people. Like, I don't want to fool out, unfriend them, but I also do not want to see their post. Yeah, so, you just don't want to be inundated with it all. It's like, I, I kind of want to see things that inspire me, especially in this year. I feel like yeah. we need to be inspired. We need to be inspired because we are under pressure. And I think that a lot of people have a capability to rise so far above where they ever would have risen if this year hadn't happened. A hundred percent agree. Maybe hundred percent. That's that's what I pray for people. Honestly, that's what I pray that that comes out of it. So so I'm very curious since we didn't have any conversation about the label itself or labels that you have to talk about. 
what do you want to talk about? So I listened to you interview other people and I know that probably my label and something that, um, like I said, this year I've done a lot of soul searching and just kind mm -hmm. of figuring out who I am. And I realized I never really got a chance to do that like ever. Um, because I am a people pleaser mm. and I always seem to define when I was in Jacksonville and I was in my twenties, I moved to Florida when I was 19 years old and I was in relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship. And it seemed there was never like a, a lull mm -hmm. in between that. So I was always performing to make sure I was making someone happy always Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I met David, my husband, and um, he, he, you, you knew, I knew he was right because he would just make sure he, he would bring out the best of me. He was like, I could be, I felt like I could be me. Yes. Um, but by the time I realized that I was starting to kind of explore myself a little bit and understand what do I like, what do I want to do, what do I want to be when I grow up, <laughs> um, when I started to just skim the surface of that i got pregnant oh and so, my so that throws world... everything into topsy-turvy oh. and I mean... it was unexpected i was we it we weren't married it was i just you know he's so funny he's like i knew you were pregnant when you asked for second helpings with mexican food that was so odd i was like what that is the um, most random thing ever I was like, you did not know. <laughs> I was hungry. Okay. <laughs> but you probably just run 10 miles before that. No, nah, I, I think I might have actually skipped out on running when I moved to Connecticut because it was so dang cold. Well, okay, <laughs> I was I like, I don't want to go run in this. It's freezing. But I got pregnant. And then um, I had my son in 2015. And... Going from no kids to one kid, I will always say, is the hardest. Is it? Harder than going from one to two, two to three, three, however many kids you have. I feel like going from zero to one is the hardest. Okay, so what was the biggest adjustment? I mean, I guess there was probably a lot of them, but. Well, just, I really set aside everything I was starting to discover. Mm. I set aside to completely learn how, how do I take care of a child like before I had my son I never changed a diaper in my life I didn't know anything about sleep training I didn't know anything about breastfeeding so I was I I immersed myself in motherhood I I just I dove right in I wanted to be the best mom and I was on Pinterest and I was looking at schedules and you know, I was constantly looking up how to be this this perfect mom which as mm -hmm. we as I now know that there is no such thing you're looking for a unicorn honestly yes so I guess my, my thing I have been trying to break, um, you know, cause then I had my firstborn and focused on him and figuring out motherhood and, and him. And then I got married to my husband. So then we were like wedding planning and doing all this stuff. Then I got pregnant with my daughter. And then when I found out she was nine months old, I was pregnant with my third. So it was just like, a every time I, I know, like every time I would start to like get postpartum, get past that postpartum year where I was like, okay, I'm gonna start working out again. I'm gonna start getting in shape. Oh, boom, pregnant. And it was just like, I was like, okay, well, I'm, ju I'm just a mom. That's just, you know, I didn't graduate college. I did everything for my relationships. 
Then I became a mom and did everything for my kids. And I'm here I am at 35 years old going in a pandemic year postpartum because I had my baby in February. Oh my gosh. So I went, this is the longest year. This has been the longest year. Oh my Lanta. So I was on a Zoom with last night with a friend who had her daughter earlier this year, and I didn't realize it was the same year because I was like, was that just this year? I thought you had her you before, d- and she was like, no. It doesn't feel like it. It's been forever. The sleepless year. The Ooh. sleepless year, I would tell you. you. Wow. So it was just, I think that's kind of where, um, you know, what I was referring to earlier with this year, I feel like I, ha- I had was backed into a corner. Mm-hmm. I had to find myself where I was going to go down a, a very dark hole of postpartum mother of three trying to figure out that and couldn't take my kids anywhere couldn't see family couldn't see friends and um to be honest with you when you get backed into a corner like that it's either option a go down the spiraling rabbit hole Mm -hmm. or option b get uncomfortable and i prayed and i was told to get uncomfortable by things I read. Okay. I, okay. We got to dig into that because I, <laughs> how easy would it have been if you'd heard that and be like, get uncomfortable. I'm already uncomfortable. I have three children under the age of six in a pandemic. Like that's pretty uncomfy as it is. <laughs> but when you felt that, when you heard that message, like, what did, what did that make you think? Like how much more uncomfortable could it get? What, what did that mean for you? I think when I heard it, it was more of, it was very much referring to the message I heard. It was um, on an Ed Milet podcast actually. And he was talking about, and then I also read my Jesus always every single day. And I feel like the little blurb I read just really speaks to me in that moment. And it was like, it was like a double whammy that day. I'll never forget it. It's it's a calling always called Jesus. Always the calling Sarah young. She writes, she's got a couple different versions and they're yearly. So you just, you read your passage in the day, gives you some Bible verses that go with the passage you read. And I swear, girl, you will open it up one day and you're just like, Lord Jesus, you are speaking to me right now. I hear you. I hear you. So I would read, I read that first thing in the morning. I don't pick up my phone. I read that smart. And, and then I heard my podcast during my workout and they just, they like, it was like, he was kind of just double whamming me. And that was that, that, um, get uncomfortable thing seemed to be tied to yourself, not your circumstances. Um, I, I heard don't be, don't use your circumstances, your present, your issues, what's going on right now. That does not define you. You are not your situation. We, and then actually another guy, John Maxwell said, God does not create junk. Mm-hmm. You were created for a higher purpose. And in that same day, Ed Milet said he was speaking about his story when he went to college and said that he hated speech, speaking in public. And he's a public speaker now. And he said, I just actually talked to my husband about this. He said that this is all in the same day. And this just rocked my world hearing all this. And he said, wouldn't it be crazy? You know, I was told I had to take a public speaking class in college. This is Ed Milet. Mm-hmm. And he goes, and now I'm a public speaker. He goes, but isn't it funny that your biggest fear in life, the thing you are afraid of most 
if you can conquer that, would you believe that underneath that fear, that is the gift that God gave you, mm-hmm. but it is piled up with just all this fear and doubt and, and, um, these labels that you talk about, you know, or like, well, I, you know, my biggest thing is like, well, I'm just a stay at home mom. Like what? Like I'm nothing special. So you know, that's how I felt. That's, I felt like I was like, I'm stay at home mom. I never finished college. I guess I'm just meant to be a mom. And, um, you know, I know some moms who say, well, you're so lucky you get to stay home and you're so fortunate. And I, I do, I feel so blessed. I'm not downing that at all. I wouldn't change it for the world. But as human beings, there is a drive in us to be mm-hmm. so much more to so many more people. Like I feel like I should be impacting more people, not just my kids. Mm-hmm. They're getting impacted watching what I'm doing as I realize I'm realizing this over the course of this. But after hearing that, those, those comments um, that day and reading my things, listening to my podcast, I was like, this isn't about my circumstance. Yes, I'm uncomfortable. And yes, it's really hard but I'm supposed to be doing more. I'm supposed to be reaching more people somehow. Mm -hmm. I don't know how, but I'm just going to, what God puts in my path. will 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 go with it and, and pray. He equips me because he does. He does. Wherever he he sends you, he equips you. He does. And um, in the moment sometimes, but no, in the moment you're like, you look around and you're just like, you have these goals. Like I know, like we all have these, you think of these goals and in my head, I'm like, gosh, that's really big goal. Like, mm-hmm. do you ever have a big goal, like a big dream? And you're just like, is that realistic? But I feel like everything is realistic. It's just, mm-hmm. you, you need a why big enough where the how doesn't even matter anymore. You just do it. You just put one foot in front of the other. And yes. that's really what it's been from that moment, that day that I heard that. It was just kind of, all right, well, let's take this one day at a time. Let me see what he puts in front of me. Let me pray on it. Let me, if opportunities present themselves, I'm going to take that as a sign. And Mm -hmm. I did. And um, I made sure every day I was in my Jesus Always book in the first thing in the morning and listening to a podcast and trying to do my little workouts in the morning. Nothing big, but just making sure I was like, okay, self-care, self-care. And this will help me think quiet the kids aren't awake I need to figure out where I'm at because I'm 35 this year and I was like I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up (laughs) (laughs) I love that you said that because I think that so many more people deal with that than want to admit and I would venture to guess like or not even guess but I'm going to just go out there and say like if you are in a job that you are very unhappy in you don't know what you want to be when you grow up because I do not believe that we were meant to be in miserable jobs that we don't like. I just don't. Or mine, like my big thing was you just make the best. Well, I am, I'm so grateful to have this. So I'm going to do the best I can. I'm going to make the best of it. And it was like, well, maybe, maybe there could be even more than you just making do. I love that. So true. Cause I mean, honestly, and that's was with the kids, you know, I was like, I'll be the best. I'm going to Pinterest motherhood. <laughs> I'm going that. to go in, I'm going to go into tunnel vision and, and focus on motherhood and ignore, you know, I'll take care of myself later. I'll do it later when the kids are older, when this is, when, when it's not like this, or, you know, I hear, I hear a lot. Well, when the pandemic is over, I'm like, mm. listen, mm-hmm. once you realize that, you know, the, the, whenever the pandemic is over or whatever, something else is going to happen. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. Just, there's just, 
as I'm learn as I'm growing up and learning things, I'm like, there's never a perfect time. Like there's just never a perfect time. And, um, so this has been a year I feel like, and I think you could agree where you, you get these seeds mm-hmm. planted in your brain. And I think what people miss sometimes and including myself in the past is you get these seeds. And I, and I know it, that God's been giving me seeds throughout my life, but I was expecting him to make a tree. And he's like, no, 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 no. You gotta, you gotta work and water it. Like I'm giving you the seed. Oh, that's so good. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to bury you underneath the soil and honey, you got to dig your way out. You got to water it and water and water and water and get out of there and grow. And man, mm-hmm. once you break ground, I mean, there's just no stopping you, but you got to, you got to grow out of the soil first. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that takes time. Well, that's like, um, and I just recently heard this, but like, uh, have you heard about the life cycle or the growing cycle of bamboo? Yes, I did. A, yes. Did I hear that from you? Did you post about that? Did I hear that from you? I did a story about it because I read about it. And I, might I, was have, like, I might have stole that from you and didn't even realize it. Oop. Oh, it's not my, that's not even mine though. I heard it from, um, probably another podcast. <laughs> I know. Right? Well, I listen to so many that I can't remember where I get everything I know, from. I'm like, but... I don't know who I heard this from. You have to tell the story about the bamboo though. I think that is fabulous. And I can't remember the exact amount of time, but doesn't it grow underneath the ground for like seven or 14 years? It was seven, seven uh-huh. years. And then seven. when it does, it just sprouts up overnight and people think, oh my God, it's, it's just, it, that happened overnight. It's like, no, 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 no. It was growing underneath. You could not see what was happening for seven years. That's just mind blowing to me. Can you imagine? I heard that. And I was like, can you imagine if you were a plant fanatic, yeah. you know, and you were watering this patch of soil that was showing no progress for seven freaking years. How many people would give up mm-hmm. and be like, well, I'm just not seeing anything. But I, but with the bamboo plant, they said that once it breaks ground, once that bamboo pl- plant breaks ground, it is the fastest growing plant and grows like 40 feet in 48 hours. See, and I didn't, okay. That part I didn't retain. That's Which insane. I thought, like I have chills like that. I don't know why that story just makes me think about life and how things go. But isn't that like, there's so many, even if you want to compare it to some famous people that they're like, oh, they're an overnight success. And almost all of them be like, no, 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 no. There was so much that y'all never saw years of toil that went into this quote unquote overnight success. Yeah. And it's like, we just got to keep pushing until that we break that ground and something clicks because it will. But you got to keep, like you were saying, you got to keep watering it. You got to keep feeding yourself. Consistent. Yes. Consistency is so big in what I do now. And I tell you what, the day that you're not consistent is the day someone will miss your message. Mm. That probably needed to see it or should have seen it. So whether you think you're making strides in what you're doing or not, you are like every day you show up and I heard um John Maxwell's another gentleman I listened to and he said it he said fail your way to success you need to show up and fail and do miserable at it and then Mm -hmm. come again come back again come back for more he goes come back for more because before you know it six months from now that thing that you were afraid to show up for 
is actually like probably one of the easier things. And then you can focus on the next thing you're afraid of. And then you just become an expert in your field. And Mm -hmm. so that probably the summary, the short summary of what I have learned this year. And it has just, I think once I snapped and got that light of stop blaming your circumstances and your kids and your husband and your past. Mm. One of my favorite Lion King quotes, I say it to my son all the time, Timon and Pumbaa. Pumbaa says to uh, Simba, he goes, you got to put your behind in your past. Timon's like, no, you're saying it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) You got to put your past behind you. And so I, I really honestly have, I have blamed a lot of my past motherhood, stay at home mom, that label has always been with stay, no, no graduation certificates, stay at home mom. I got pregnant unexpectedly and just was thrown into it. And you feel, well, I guess this is what you wanted me to do, God. So this is what I'll do. But mm-hmm. the whole time he was trying to get into my head and say, oh, there's more to you. You can be a mom. You can be an awesome, dang awesome mom, but you can still do things that you want to do. Mm-hmm. My kids aren't going to be little forever and then they're going to leave the house. And then who am I? Yes. And that is, I think, something a lot of women deal with, especially in earlier generations where it was never encouraged for them to have a career. Mm-hmm. So you put every ounce of your being into having these children, to raising them, to, you know, making them successful. And then they leave and it's like, well, who are you? Because all this time the man's had a career. And I think, there's, I don't think there's any coincidence, the amount of depression, the amount of depression, anxiety, all that, that goes up with that. And I even saw that with my mom, like I, I, my mom and my grandmother on my dad's side, two women who I, and I know this might sound crazy, but I honestly think if they were born in the same time I was, they probably wouldn't have been mothers. Like my mom, and not to say that they were like, they are good. They're great mothers. My mom, again, I mean, she's done so much, but she was the second oldest of 16 kids. Like she helped raise 14 children by the time she was 18 years old. Oh my goodness. She had no intention of having kids, none at all. And then she had me and, and she, she even told me, I mean, when she was describing it to me, she was like, you know, I was fine with it because I was married. And that was the mentality, right? Like, well, you're married. So that's what you do. And I always think like, man, I don't ever want to feel like I have to do something just because I'm a woman, whether it's having children or being in a certain job. Like, I don't want to have to make that choice because I don't have to. Mm -hmm. And I know for my mom's generation, my grandmother's generation, I mean, she married my grandfather in the 40s. Like, what do you, you can't be a single woman. You can't exist on your own. And unfortunately, I don't, there just wasn't a lot of encouragement for them to have identities outside of being mothers. And now, thank God, I think our generation, it's like, no, this, it's not that it's not enough to be a mother. Mm -hmm. And it's, I feel like there's something to be said too for your children. You know, I know that there's this thing too, where it's like, well, you got to put your all on your kids and you got to do this and you got to do that and don't let them see you do this or what. But in my eyes, I feel like them seeing me work from home and do something that I'm passionate about is probably mm-hmm. one of the best examples I could set for them than sitting around wondering who I am and not showing up 
with a full cup. Yes. So I felt like for a while I might be operating in survival mode, which is only sustainable for so long, especially Mm -hmm. as a mom, we tend to show up and do and do and do for everyone else, husband, kids, family, in-laws, whatever. Friends, all of them. Friends. And we try to be that mom that, you know, that everybody's like, oh man, she is a good mom. I mean, look at the craft she does with her kids and the, (laughs) and you're just like, there is so much. And then, you know, there have been some not directly to me, but I do know moms who have tried to venture, make a venture parallel to being a mom and kind of get ridiculed. Cause like, well, you're not focusing on your kids. Really? Yeah. That's a thing. Mo- some what? moms can be very mean, <laughs> very judgmental. It's a community in itself, girl, where it's just very judgy and it's very like you either breastfeed or you formula feed or you you do crafts or you put your kids in front of the tv you know there's no like there's no can we just do it all yeah can we just can i formula breast and tv and craft right like some days you want to do crafts and some days it's like no y'all are gonna watch something because mom's working on something exactly so it's or that could all be in the same day there's the thought that's kind of majority of pandemic days tv craft something eat (laughs) More TV, Coke Melon. <laughs> if anybody's listening that does Coke Melon, <laughs> what's what's Coke Melon? Coke Melon. Coke Melon's on Netflix for kids. It's like a um, just a nursery rhyme. It's a little oh. nursery rhyme thing. It just teaches them nursery rhymes. It's really cute. They're obsessed with it. I don't know what it is. It's very like you can sit there. I, I can get mesmerized by it. I'm like I've seen Coke Melon in my head all day. I've always been so like enamored with things that like have that. I guess you could say viral effect, but that effect with kids, like the baby shark, right? Oh, Which, I, understand it. I don't understand it, but I got really into it too. I loved that song. I thought it was just the, the, the cutest. I also didn't have to hear it that often, but I, I just thought it was the funniest thing. I'm not going to lie. I hear it a lot and I still love it. Really? It still makes me dance. <laughs> I, I love it. Like, who are the people who create this? Because they're so talented that you could create something that just sticks with people. I know. And it's just nursery rhymes. It's neat. It's really neat. But I mean, it is is a judgy community as I I mean, all community, all different sectors Mm -hmm. and types of people and these labels that you talk about, um, or people that you've interviewed before too, that I've listened to, you know, you do in your mind, I think you were talking to a pastor's wife, you know, you do in your mind, you have just a I guess what's the society standards of it that's just Mm -hmm. implemented in there. And that's just what you think. And it's just interesting hearing these folks that you interview talk about their labels and these things that they're trying to show that that, like, that's not who we are. Like we're Mm -hmm. so there's so much more to us. But it's interesting that we, we have to fight to get to that point because sometimes there's, it always seems like there's a phase where we kind of question like, well, am I that? Yeah. And that's sometimes I think the most damaging is when you question it in yourself, because there's, there's no big, there's no worse critic. You either are your best critic or your best coach. Yeah. Yeah. And I tell you, I think one of the biggest things I could say about mind, because it it really is a mind game. I mean, working on positivity, working on faith, um, is all mindset 
it's just what you surround yourself with, who you surround yourself with. Um, it is a muscle that you have to flex consistently. Um, cause when I do have an off day or I wake up in a, with a different kind of schedule, my day is off. Mm -hmm. I find when I start it by with positivity and affirmations and, and things like that, I find that I'm almost, I have armor on for the day. My cup's overflowing. Mm -hmm. I hear a message that just resides with me all day. Now that's not saying my day is perfect. Right. Stuff gets thrown at us all day long. No one's day is perfect. But when you've got that armor on, you're almost less, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You're just kind of less affected mm -hmm. by the stuff that comes at you because you've, you've, you put your armor on for the day. You took your, you took your 30 minutes in the morning to pray and read or podcast or whatever it is or meditate, whatever it is that, that makes people happy mm -hmm. um, and starts them off with positivity. You put that armor on, know you won't have a perfect day, but you will be so prepared for the stuff that comes at you because the days are a lot for everybody. Oh yeah. I'm always like, especially as of late, I've gotten really into getting up early, early. So I have a, like, I love having as much time to read and pray and meditate, do my affirmations. I love doing that. That is now my favorite part of the day because when I have that time, my mood is so much better throughout the day. My energy is so much better, but I'm also so much more aware now how many times I go into negative thinking Yes. On, on just the, the, some of it's just so petty and dumb. And I'm like, why am I going down this rabbit hole? And it's funny because I always thought I was such a naturally positive person. But when wow. you're more aware of yourself, it's like, oh my God, I'm not nearly as positive as I thought. Like the mind, it, it just comes up with some crazy stuff sometimes. It is so true. I heard too, um, your head is always protecting you. It's always... Mm -hmm. We're, we're afraid to get out of our comfort zone because it's unknown and uncertain, mm -hmm. which I think was why a lot of people might be coming out of their comfort zone because we are in a time of uncertainty. Right. So why the heck not? In comparison, it's like that thing that seems so scary before is like, well, maybe not so much. I mean, everything's uncertain right now. I mean, the cards are up in the air and, you know, I think that, uh, you know, I heard today too, I will say I did hear today. He said that when you really think about it, everything we do in a day is a choice. Mm -hmm. So, you know, do you have to send out one last Christmas card? You know, you people like, oh, I have to go shopping and I have to go do this and I have to decorate for Christmas and I have to get the Christmas cards out and I have to get the one more toy for, for little Bobby or whatever. And he was like, do you have to? Is someone going mm -hmm. to be severely affected like you're putting this stress and this list of obligations on yourself, but do you have to just be honest with yourself and say, I choose to, and I want to mm -hmm. everything we do, we're choosing. So everything that's that we're looking at in ourselves and in the mirror is a choice that we've made and either in the past or whatever. Um, I love like, I've been working on that a lot with my job because I could have a light day and then because, I mean, it's very client driven. So then uh -huh. we could have a client call us at four and say, Hey, I need a proposal. 
can you do it today? And it's like, well, that's not what I planned on doing for the next three hours. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, and I have recently like my mind shifting and like working on my mindset has been okay. Yes, I do technically have to do this, but yeah, I could also get up really early tomorrow morning and work on it. Or I could like, it's, it's still choosing to look at it as a choice. And when I shift my mindset to think of it that way, I'm not nearly as angry or oh, bitter yeah. about the situation. And it helps immediately reduce my anxiety about it. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, so what needs to get done right now? Cause okay, fine. I thought I was going to work on this, but what do I, what, what do I need to do right now? What do I want to focus on? Mm-hmm. And then just go into it. But it's, and it's still a process. Like some days it's easier than others, but I started to go there today with something. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't actually have to do this right now. You don't have to work yourself into a tizzy. Uh huh. But I do want to get this done tonight because I don't want to worry about it tomorrow. And when it was fine, it was my choice and me doing it because I felt better about it. Just all that anger, all that anxiety, all of the, 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 like, I can't even describe what the feeling is. Um, I feel like it's a tennis match in your head. Yes. Do you? Like, I feel like that's what positive people do. People see our positivity. Mm -hmm. What they don't see in our head is this, like, mean, mean, uh uh-uh, don't think that way. Nope, you're, like, it's just like this back and forth battle in our head. It's a muscle that you have got to flex. It's not easy. No. At all. I think, but it's also the most important one you can. It's like so much, I was in this course recently or actually just finished it. And it was technically like, it was called a transform. It was 12 weeks to transformation. And it was like, I joined it because I didn't want to lose weight, but also because I knew I wanted to start the podcast. I'm like, I need something that's going to work. Cause I finally figured out this is not about the food. This is not about whatever diet I'm on. It's not even about the working out. Cause I do that all the time and still my weight fluctuates. I was like, this has got to be my mindset procrastination is not like that is a mindset issue Mm -hmm. and it kept coming up it like everything kept coming back to how you think about things and redirecting your thoughts and okay this is one way you could look at it but what else is true and it's and it's just crazy to me like how I just was applying it towards food at first but how it really impacts everything everything you know, I heard a, I heard a story. Do you know, like, um, have you ever gone to the dealership and you're looking for a new car? Let's just say a Honda Accord, right? Yep. And you're like, I want a Honda Accord. I never see them. They're cute, whatever. So you go to the dealership, you look at a test drive one, and then you get down the road and all of a sudden, <laughs> lo and behold, your city is full of Honda Accords. You're like, it's all you see. Did these things just magically appear? They were always there. It's just that our head is suddenly a Honda Accord is important to us. Mm-hmm. So now we're noticing all the Honda Accords that otherwise were invisible before. And that is something in your head. When I heard this, this was a huge wake up call for me. Saying that whatever your thoughts are in your head, whatever you think about yourself or believe about yourself, your head is going to, there's a part in your brain that works as a filter for our world. Mm -hmm. And 
there's so much data for our brain to process, we cannot possibly process everything that the world is showing us. So what our brain is doing is it knows what we believe. Mm -hmm. So it's going to filter and show you all the things in the world that prove that belief to be true. Yep. And when I heard that, I was like, what? Mm -hmm. So mindset is everything. Be careful what you say about yourself. Like me saying, I'm just a stay at home mom. My brain is automatically going to show me all the reasons why I am just that. Mm -hmm. And it, and I'm I'm not going to say it is easy to, to shift a belief because you know, a belief about yourself, a thought about yourself. Um, but man, like it, it is, it is everything. Once you realize that that is what your head is doing to you, it's filtering all the things that prove you to be right. So speak. That's why people say, speak it into existence. Yep. What they, you're more likely, I think it was like, I want to say the number was like 40%, but don't quote me on that. You're 40% more likely to achieve a goal when you write it down and you speak it into existence. That's why people say, speak it out loud, tell people about it because your brain's going to start hearing that. And now it's going to start finding things to help prove that correct. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought that was one thing about the brain that was just mindset shift huge yes. but again still you got to fight it you got to be like well hey, and it, but it's nice we'll too that. because then and a couple of the books i've been reading lately like they keep going back to like if don't be upset with yourself for having the negative thoughts be glad that now that you're aware of them you can redirect it right and and one book when i was reading this morning she was she was saying you know just be grateful for that because now you know a way you don't want to think because I got into me being getting into my perfectionist was, oh my God, I have these horrible thoughts. What's wrong with me? Why am I like, and you go down this other little rabbit hole. And it was like, no, 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 this is the thought. And it also kind of freed me to think, okay, just because a thought pops into my head does not mean it's true. Mm. And I think we sometimes take whatever pops in our head as Bible. And then we run and we create these whole ornate detailed stories around this one stray thought that, doesn't even need to be more than a passing thought. So true. I hear that all the time. Stop telling yourself stories because every thought we have for the most part is a story we have just told ourselves. You know, like my, my, my job is, you know, probably one of the biggest things people can think is what will people think of me? I wanted to talk about that. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) What will they think of me? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, to be honest, what I've personally learned is that people don't think about you as much as you think they do. (laughs) (laughs) So true. We are not that special. And I think about their own stuff. I know. I tell myself that all the time when I do something. I'm like, did I do it okay? Did I come out okay? Was it all right? I'm like, I guarantee people aren't going, gosh, did you see Stephanie Mahoney? (laughs) <laughs> like make a fool of herself on a reel or whatever. Like, you know, what I do is uncomfortable and I could go, I could veer off in my head and go, gosh, I, I just don't know. People might think I'm silly or weird or out of my mind for what I do or whatever. But at the end of the day, they're not thinking of me as much as I think they are. Mm-hmm. Nowhere near, if at all. Um, and just who cares? Yeah. They're not, they're not 
involved in my life closely Mm -hmm. and they're not paying my bills or raising my kids or watching my kids or helping me out in the house or cleaning my house, you know, like, and here's the thing. And I never understood why my mom would say this. She would say like, Oh, women are so jealous or the kid. I'm like, why would they be like, I don't know that people really that jealous. I don't think it's conscious jealousy, but I do think this, and especially I think with most people, but I think really a lot with women, if you are thinking very critically of someone else, that is doing nothing to harm you personally. It says a lot more about you and your own insecurities than it does about mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. If you have an issue with somebody talking about something that they're passionate about and that they love, and your first thought is, well, who is she? Then my question is, well, who are you that you think you can't? Oh, that is so true. It because is it's like, why would you care otherwise? It's just insecurity. I think it's, and, and, you know, there are times I, I, I'll look at people on social media and be like, I can never be them. I look at people higher up in my, what I'm doing. And I look at them higher up and what they've achieved. And I'm like, oof, girl, it's lofty. It's a big goal, you know? And I look at it and I'm like, yeah, but she was broke when she started. One of the girls, her story was, she said, cockroaches broke her microwave she was in such a hole in the wall you know like and I was like wait these girls have nothing and I don't mean I don't mean nothing special in a mean way I just mean they are average people there is nothing to them they don't have some celebrity lifting them up and giving them their position or their title or their achievements Mm -hmm. they're normal women doing the same thing I'm doing so why not Mm-hmm. Why not me? Why am I limiting myself because I'm a mom? Because I didn't get a degree? Because I didn't finish? I've never finished anything in my life because I've been relationship to relationship to kid to kid to kid. And I'm like, dang it! I'm gonna I'm going to see something through. And if that means scraping myself out of the soil for seven years like a bamboo tree, <laughs> then gosh darn it! If that's what it takes and that's what God has for me, then I'm going to continue to do it because there's nothing different about me and them. Mm-mm. Now, do you mind talking specifically about what you do? Because I really wanted you to. No, not at all. So I guess that would be another label. Mm-hmm. And it was one I did kind of want to reference because it's a big eye roller to a lot of people. And this is one of those things that people hear and they're like, oh, she's that girl. Mm-hmm. So yes, I am a stay-at-home mom and I do work with a multi-level marketing company. I'll call it what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Monate. Um, oh, is that is, how you pronounce it? I've only ever seen the word. I didn't know how you actually pronounce it. <laughs> I used to say Monet, but it's actually Monate because it's modern nature. Monate. Oh, okay. Okay. So I loved it because I've always, actually all my life, probably I would say when I started having kids, I was very... I started to get very conscious about like what we ate, what we put on our bodies. I was trying to be, get more clean with mm-hmm. products and things like that. And so I actually get major postpartum hair loss, major. Like I bald to I my temples. The, I was just on a zoom call with a friend last night who we were talking about who had the baby and she was talking about how bad it is. And I was like, it's, I didn't, I was mad. Cause I was like, why does nobody talk about this? Cause I am 34 years old and didn't know that you lose hair after you have a child. When my hair started coming out of my first one, no one told me. 
I started, I went to the dermatologist. No one told me. So I scheduled this appointment. I go to the dermatologist and he's like, oh, you have postpartum hair fallout. I'm like, huh? What are you, you just said it all basic? Like that's Does that common go back? sense. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so I was going through round three of it. Cause I had my little girl in February and I kept seeing my, my good friend of mine. She, she was doing, she was with them. And, um, I kept seeing, I had seen her post about it for like a year. I've been kind of sitting back and like, whatever, whatever. Shampoo, shampoo. I've never gotten a good one. So we'll see. So I was so desperate though. Cause again, I was going bald. So I reached out to her, tried it. And I was like, this stuff is good. So of course I'm like, well, we're all sharing our Starbucks and our stuff on the internet. Like, mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm using it. So I'll just get like, you just get a product pack. And like, literally that's the only investment you make. You buy the pack of products that you use on yourself. Cause I was buying them anyway. And other than that, it's unlike any other because you're not paying a back office fee. So one of the biggest things is people say, Oh, you're part of this MLM company. I bet you're going broke and losing money. I'm like, actually I'm not like, I don't have to spend anything per month at all. Like I'm just using shampoo that I love and now they have skin and now they have a wellness line. They released a wellness line. So it's all the stuff that I love wrapped into one pretty packet. (laughs) So I will say, um, John Maxwell, I referenced earlier, he is actually a, um, mentor. So when I get to a certain level in this company, he personally mentors us and he used to be a pastor Yes. Oh, yeah. We. I've, I've read a couple oh, of his leadership books I'm, from my old company. Like I would say, you have to know about this man because he he spoke. So, what I would say is, so I joined this company, and you know, people are like, "Oh, it's gonna be that girl." I don't cold message. I don't do anything. I have looked at this and what the company itself has taught me because I've been a part of other MLMs. I will say, I won't say mm-hmm. who, but they all just kind of felt like forced or whatever. Like I guess I'll share it or whatever, but. I went to something called impact week Mm -hmm. in September with the company. It was virtual and man, if something didn't make me force my way into my faith more than this company did, they did. They had their own worship band. They had this whole week of product launching, but then they saved the Sunday to be a day of worship and virtual church. We did communion virtually and they had three different pastors speak about just a lot of what I told you about, like the soil and God planting seeds. These were pastors I listened to from the company. And I was just amazed. I'm like, this, these people, Mm -hmm. they're constantly gratitude, giving back, praising God for their success. Is there a family, a a little family out of Venezuela um, who, who started everything? And really? Yes. And they are just the most beautiful human beings, the most giving human beings I have ever seen that all these things that they do and all these things that they teach us to do, be gratitude, get a shirt, go out in your community. That's what give back. You know, we pay you this money, go give back, go back into your community. That's what they, I'm like, I want to be a part of something like this. This feels bigger than me. Mm -hmm. This feels bigger than ranking and all this stuff. And there's just so much more meat to it. I think people just don't, I won't say every company has your best interest at heart or a leader has your best interest at heart, but this one really changed me. And some of the girls that are with me are starting to step into this and say, 
wow, like I just didn't know people cared this much. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it is still a label that I fight because again, the people I think I think my friends are afraid to talk to me <laughs> because they're like, well, shoot, if I talk to her, she's probably going to try and sell me her shampoo. But I don't. Like that's just not can I how also I'm trained. Just interject. I can attest to this yeah. because you have never sent me a hey girl message. No, you have never mentioned. Like I've seen you do it. Right. Obviously, because I follow you on on social media, but you have never reached out to me, which, quite frankly, made me more curious (laughs) because I was like, "Hmm, what is this? Because I personally I'm not with it. And I want to be very clear with everybody so they don't think they're getting like bamboozled. I'm not Um, with a network marketing or multi-level marketing company. I tried it years ago and was very bad at it because I didn't like put myself out there. I already cold mm-hmm. called for a living and it was very hard for me to get up the gumption to do it with people on my personal time. Like I just, I didn't enjoy the process whatsoever. And I think a lot of it was just as always, it was just me in my own way. And it was, it is what it is. But I, especially in the last couple years, like I know a number of people who are doing different multi-level marketing companies and I've tried the products. Some of them I like, some of them I didn't really care that much about, but I always mm-hmm. try it because I'm like, Here's the thing. I have spent a lot of money on brands who could not care less about me. So Uh if I have a friend who says they have something that works for them and they like, then why wouldn't at least give it a shot? And if I don't like it, then I don't ever have to buy it again. But I just think it's so funny that people get like this, like kind of this, oh, that's exactly what it is. And it's like, you don't mind repping, like you mentioned, you don't mind repping every time you're holding a Starbucks. You don't mind my almond milk latte with my two pumps of vanilla. Uh huh. Well, yeah. You go, girl. Get your I vanilla latte. Like I've been repping brands for years that don't pay me, and everybody has. So yeah, what's wrong with you being excited about something that you like and you? That's my thing. Is if you actually like the product and you love it and you use it, then there is nothing wrong with it. Well, you know, one of the other things too, and I, and a lot of girls, you know, I would say not a lot of people go into multi-level marketing companies going, I'm going to the top. Mm -hmm. I got wind at impact week and that's where my head is at. But I know a lot of the girls that sign that, that want to do it with me. Like, well, we want you to coach me or whatever. I talk with them specifically about their goals because my goals are not going to be their goals. And I am not my purpose that I felt from prayer is not, I am not in the business of convincing. I am not here to convince anyone of anything. I feel like if you need me to serve you and maybe I'm a bad MLM or by thinking this way, but I don't think cold, cold messaging is icky. I believe in building relationships with people. And if they see my service and are curious, they will ask me. Mm-hmm. Um, or if they say a pain point and I have something that I might stop, they're like, girl, I'm going bald with those postpartum hair loss. I don't know what to do. I'm like, Hey girl, I've been using this shampoo. I want to give it a try. This is my results. You know, you never know. Otherwise I'm not going to, it's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I know that. And I think what I love about these companies most is not necessarily, not everybody wants to go to the top, but what I love about them is that they can also be stepping stones into something else. You might realize like for me, I love photography. Mm-hmm. And I love that I get to like flat lay and shoot the product. You do some great, you are very talented. Thank I, you. I gotta tell you, your pictures are awesome. I'm, and I remember one time you showed like the macro of like what it actually looks at, look like your whole setup. And I was like, she got that to look like that? It's, <laughs> it is very impressive. Kudos to you. Like they're beautiful. They should use you for oh. product pics. 
Oh, well, thank you. Well, it's just neat. Cause, and, but something like that though, is then I tell my girls, I'm like, if you're not in it to be director, that's fine. Use this to find yourself, find your confidence, mm -hmm. hit a little goal. Let's, let's make a little goal together. This is what I do. And this is what I love with it is like, let's pick a goal, pick something obtainable, right? Mm -hmm. Let's work on it together. Let's get you there together. And man, when they hit that goal, like it makes me want to cry because they're like, I just didn't think that I could I didn't think that I would follow through and do that. And I'm like, okay, that's odd. Like, let's do the next one. And then as we progress together, they start to learn maybe they're really good communicators. Maybe they're good at content creating. Maybe they love graphics. Maybe they love um, doing email templates to people. Maybe they love, I don't know. But it's just, I like to say it's more personal development with a paycheck. I 100% agree. Mm -hmm. And if you're with the right people, now there are bad seeds. There are, hey girls, we'll yeah. call them hey girl messengers. There are people, I still have people reach out to me and they're like, hey girl, thought you'd be great for this like clothing line or whatever. I'm like, uh, delete. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like that's so 10 years ago with how it was supposed to be run. And now this company in particular, I felt was changing the narrative of that. It was like, don't do that. That's icky. Mm-hmm not how you work. You build relationships with people, make friends. This is a networking company where you network with people. You personally develop and work on yourself. You help other people personally develop and work on themselves. And if that is wrong, then I don't want to be right. Cause I mm -hmm. adore working with women and helping them see so much more than they see for themselves. I think that in itself is huge because, and here's the thing, like you shouldn't have to acknowledge that there are bad seeds because there's bad seeds in every stinking mm -hmm. profession. I mean, I worked for a life insurance company for 12 years. The looks people would get on their faces when I said I worked for a life insurance company. Oh, no. Like, I was like, I'm not, I'm actually not here. I'm not going to sell you something. Oh, good. And it's like, all right, well, I don't know if you'd realize it, but there are a lot of families that actually need this. And, and it just, I, I had this conversation once. Actually, I was in Vermont for a trip. I was there for a meeting. And I walked into this store. I was, oh, I got to, I got to do a weekend meeting. So I was actually going to run a bike on like my off time. And um, this lady, <laughs> she asked what I did. I said, oh, I work for a life insurance company. She, she got the like, the most patronizing look on her face. She was like, oh. And I was like, I actually really like what I do. And she was like, oh, I know. I just, you know, there's some negative. There's just some. And I was like, well, you know, I don't really think it's like, anything else. I said, my dad's a teacher. He was made to be a teacher, but I know some really bad teachers too, who should not be teachers and who suck at it. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, and my uncle's a banker. He's an amazing human being, but I also, there's some really shysty bankers too. And she was like, oh, oh, I, I guess I never really thought of it like that. And I was like, how do you, what you have never gone to a restaurant and there's been one bad server. Everybody else could be amazing but you have that one bad server. Like, it's just, it shouldn't, we shouldn't have to even acknowledge that. That's an obvious, it doesn't matter what you're doing. And there's amazing churches and there are churches who do not do good things with the money. Oh. Like, it I does mean, not matter what it is. Is this not what your podcast is all about too? Breaking all these labels, all these things that people, you know, that we, we are, like you said, like everybody you interview has this generalization mm -hmm. from what we just, we've seen it. So that's how we believe it all is. I mean, car, are car salesmen not frowned upon? Oh. But I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure that 
there are some wonderful car salesmen, but then there are some you're just like, get away. Let me just look. And I'm sure yeah. that there's the really good ones who love what they do and are in it yeah. for good reasons. Can't stand the bad ones because it gives them a bad rap. And it just does. like you Every- probably sit there like, oh God, like, don't worry. I am not calling you because I want to sell you shampoo. I'm actually calling you because I want to talk to you or say hi or I see how you're doing. Exactly. Exactly. But you know, it, it, it is, it's such, and it's one of those, those labels is going to be very difficult to bust past because again, there, it's just, you know, people, it's like, I don't know what it is. It's funny. You know, one of my girlfriends, she, she was on my team and we went to get our nails done and she was always having a very hard time. She was always asking me, she's like, do I sound salesy? Do I blah, blah, blah. I'm like, can you just share? Like, if you love a product, just say, this has made my hair so amazing. If you want to share, you know, share it how you share mm-hmm. it. So we're getting our nails done. She was a runner and she had one of those little like um, chip things on her, um, on her Apple watch that like, if, sh- if something happened, it would be like an ID and her, her nail tech. Yeah, it was neat. Her nail tech noticed it and she went on and on and on. She's like, Oh, well it did blah, 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 blah. We left the nail salon. I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, what were you talking about there? She was like, Oh my, he was asking about my road ID. And I was just telling him like, I got it. It was just so amazing. And blah, blah, blah. I'm like, did you feel salesy when you were talking about that? She's like, well, no. I was like, mm-hmm. well, if you talk about your, your shampoo, just the way you talked about your road ID, or, is, or are you just making it weird because you, you're making a profit from your shampoo? Mm-hmm. It's weird. I feel like the minute someone realizes you're profiting, mm-hmm. hands up. But it's a double standard, right? Because <laughs> if JLo talks about, a makeup mm. that she probably doesn't even wear. People are going to go out. Oh, because I mean, like J-Lo oh, J- is like this. It's J-Lo, <laughs> right? I mean, it was like, well, so what? So you have to be J-Lo to like a product and to be able to talk about it and even maybe make money off of it yeah. if you love it. It's Do you crazy. get to personally talk to J-Lo? Right. Do you get to personally hear from her? What? If you have a problem with your product, probably not. What gets me, especially living in New England, oh God, I don't want people to come for me, but- you with men and these daggum jerseys, you are wearing another man's name on your back and you don't get any money for that. And you are writing harder for him than you do for your own family. Oh my gosh. That never ceases to amaze me. And I'm like, and you want to criticize that you are a multi-level marketer, senor. I don't know if you realize that you just don't get paid. I think we're all multi-level marketers in some Somewhere I read something that says, like, if you have talked about one of your favorite things on social media, whatever you bought off Amazon the other day for Christmas or whatever, mm-hmm. guess what? You just did direct sales. Mm-hmm. You just didn't get any money for it. We, yeah. We all like stuff. But it's, like, it's weird. It's, I feel like as soon as someone makes a profit, like, <gasps> they're after my money. I'm like, no. <laughs> if you don't want my shampoo, don't take my shampoo. Whatever. But, no, it's 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 one of those things I'm I'm – glad to break it and I hope to have more women understand the benefits of it like you're not losing money or going broke every month it is literally women who want to build up other women Mm -hmm. now walk me through though going back to this I mean going from being a people pleaser right (laughs) to doing something that does not please a lot of people because of their own preconceived notions like it's not funny you want to talk about making a big leap. 
I never thought about it that way, to be honest. Okay, well, <laughs> good. I'm glad you had until now. But how do you, because I imagine that there had to be days where you're like, oh, God, should I be doing this? Or what are people going to think? Or did you, maybe you didn't. Maybe you fast forwarded past that completely, but. Uh, I mean, there are still days I think that, you know, because, I mean, there are, I mean, there are times I do this and it's crickets. And you know what? I think when you love something and you're passionate, like I love, I found that it's, it's not just the shampoo and the skincare. I obviously love it because I use it. My clients are texting me these amazing messages and like, I love, 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 love. And I'm like, ah, oh, heart. Okay. But what I found that I love is I love creating and I love, I guess in a sense, I'm kind of people pleasing just because I'm helping others and pushing them. I don't know if that's considered people pleasing. Maybe not. I don't know, but I don't know. Like I feel it's funny because it goes back to that, that podcast I heard where he said, maybe the biggest fear we have is where our God given gift lies. And my biggest fear was not pleasing people and doing my own thing and not worrying about what other people think. The minute I just changed that mindset and said, you know, I'm going to put myself out there. And if I lose followers, that's fine. That means I'm niching down to people who do want to follow me. Mm -hmm. I don't, if you don't want to see what I have to say, that's okay. I can't please everyone. I can't speak to everyone. I can speak to my, my niche and my people that I can relate with and basically be friends with. Cause that's what this is about. I think by me facing that fear of, doing something that people didn't like. Mm -hmm. And once I realized that I became a creator out of it and I gave a couple women some confidence and I made people, a couple women love their hair and their skin or whatever. I started to realize that there were a, a group of people now and I don't have millions and millions of people, but there's a small handful of people right now that I, I pray gets bigger mm -hmm. that are, that are getting it either on the business aspect or just the product aspect or whatever. Um, they're the ones that matter. I'm going to hold on to the ones that want to communicate with me. They want to learn from me. They ask me questions and those are who I'm honing in on those people that want the value that I'm trying to add every day. And the mm -hmm. ones that don't want it, I'm kind of just like, these people are, are, are wanting more from me. So I'm going to focus on them. And then I start to see some people trickling. You know what I mean? Trickling in? Yeah. You know, people kind of get like, I think uh, someone said I was magnetic, which I thought was really sweet. She so was like, you're a magnetic and I just needed to see what Kool-Aid you were drinking. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that. But it's funny. It's like when you, I think we all were like, what will everybody think? But sometimes I think we need to hone in on is, I think anything we do, you always have one person who go, man, I'm just, God, you said that today. Mm -hmm. I'm really glad you said that today. Why can't that one person matter and shut down the people that are like, Ugh, why'd you say that? Why would you say that? You're weird. Whatever. You know, whatever they want to say. I'm going to focus on my one person that was like, I needed to hear that. That changed my day. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just the switch is I'm shutting out people who potentially think negatively, uh, negatively of me, if I could speak and honing in on the one or two people. I think we're like, oh, well, it's only one or two. That's it. That's all you need. Mm -hmm. I think we're so like, it's, it's like, don't, you don't need 10,000 people, you mm -hmm. know, 
liking your stuff. Just hone on the, the group of people that you were adding value to because you were meant to add value to their life. And they, and eventually, like I said, you get this trickle effect and it just becomes more and more. And I hope I pray one day, I'm, I'm sure you're probably in very similar that you hope that you're speaking to thousands of women and yeah, thousands absolutely. of people and speaking into their hearts. Is everybody going to agree with it, with what we're saying? Nope. Can't please them all. <laughs> that I that I'm learning. So I think that would have been the shift. I believe if that makes any, I don't know if that made sense, but yeah. Well, listen, I mean, I, I get a little like nervous every time I record the little like ad that I do in each one of my episodes, but I knew from day one, I had to do it to be in the habit of it because yep. I'm like, listen, if I'm going to believe that my podcast is going to do well and help millions of people, people, yeah, millions of people, then at some point there will be sponsors. Yep. And I'm just going to have to have faith in myself and my integrity that I'm not going to talk about brands I don't like. And I might as well just go ahead and start practicing it now. Yep. And I actually, I was talking to my friends last night and we were having like a Zoom Christmas party about, and well, not about that, but we were having a little Zoom Christmas party. And one of the friends was like, so is that why you talk about that brand? I was like, well, I actually like that brand. That's why I talk about it. But also because, yeah, at some point I want my podcast to make money because I at some point decided I do not want to think that I can't do something I love and not still make money at it. Because for the longest time I had this notion that if you did something you loved, then you were going to be broke and you had to do something you oh. didn't like to be financially successful. Yes. Yes. I've thought that. I, have I just, thought that. I don't want to think that anymore. I choose not to. I love that you said that so much because I think you pulled some words right out of my head that I think I've thought. I'm like, don't we all want to just have freedom, time freedom? Yes. Freedom. I mean, there's nothing wrong with making money as long as you're doing it in a servant. You are trying mm -hmm. to serve people. You're trying to send a positive message. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that there is anything wrong with that. Mm -mm. Some people might think, but whatever. I think you're but doing they're gonna think thing. They're going to think silly stuff regardless. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, and I, I thought about that too. It's, there's certainly been times where I've posted things on my Instagram or my Facebook and somebody will make a, like, a little comment on the things you post. And it's like, all right, well then, you know, it's not for you. That's cool. I, I really don't care. Sometimes it's family, but again, oh, well. And yeah. I had a friend and she kind of said it from like an angry, <laughs> like um, aggressive way, but she'd be like, they don't pay your bills. Who cares what they say? They don't pay your bills. And she's right. It's true. It's like the gal with, um, you get posted about a gal selling uh, organic cockroaches. I mean, I can't be mad. I don't like cockroaches, but I cannot be mad. Uh -uh. Girlfriend's trying to make a living out of her organic cockroaches. I saw that on Facebook Marketplace and I was like, I was in her, well, I, I, was, I was dying. Horrific <laughs> traffic. And I was listening to a podcast about like entrepreneurs, female entrepreneurs. And she was talking about, you know, like knowing you're not all this stuff and just talking about like, you know, getting out of your own way. And I look and there's a woman selling cockroaches. And I was like, well, if that ain't getting out of your own way, I don't know what is. What do I have to sell? Well, I got cockroach aplenty. That made my day. See, people, everybody's stepping out of their comfort zone right. this year. She's like, I don't even have any shame that I have all these cockroaches. Yeah, she, I, I wish I had a lizard so I could buy them from her. <laughs> I love it. It's just like, you know what? It's true. People are out here selling all kinds of things. 
And there's, you know, yeah, brooches. That was new. That was mm -hmm. a new one. But I kept like checking it to see like, is this an actual post? But it was, it absolutely was. Mm -hmm. Organic was what really got me. Right. Right. Or organic, maybe vegan. Could they be vegan too? <laughs> oh, I don't know that they can be. Well, maybe they're vegan fed, you know, they're on a completely grass fed or plant diet. Oh, I don't know. You can't be mad at her though. Oh my gosh. No. I'm, so, I'm so glad you said that though about, it's just so you hear things in the, um, you know, and I've heard sermons and things where, you know, they say money is the root of all evil. And I think that always confused me a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, I hear that and I, and I would go, okay, well then I, you know, I need to be happy with where we're at. I need to be status quo. I need to, and I think as something like that really puts some limitations on ourselves too. Cause I'm like, well, I don't want to want money. Cause I don't want, you know, it's, I know it's a temporary thing, but I think money is the root of all evil, depending on what we do with it and how we earn it. Mm -hmm. And I, when I started to kind of redefine that a little bit for me, like I think someone making a living off of serving and helping people and making them feel a certain way I don't think that that is evil. Mm -mm. I think that it's quite the opposite. It's just like you said, you know, like with people who have labels like a life insurance or car dealership, are there bad seeds in that aspect? A hundred percent for sure. But not all of us are out like that. Like mm -mm. we have I, a I heard a message. sermon where they said it wasn't so much money is the root of all evil, but the love of money and making it an idol above God. And oh, yes. And if you're not, you, if, if you're putting all of your faith in that above God, then that's where the issue is, but it's still something I've struggled with. And I've, I've been actually working on that a lot because it's yeah. like, I had, to, and I, one of, I, this is being more vulnerable than I intended to be, but one of my affirmations that I have to, that I have been making myself say every morning is I love money because I love myself and I love money because it allows me to help more people. And like, I have been blessed in ways that I didn't deserve to be blessed. Like there was nothing like that made me more deserving of somebody else, but there have been family members who could help me and, and financially that, I mean, it just, it made all the difference. It made the difference of whether or not I was able to stay in college. It made the difference of whether or not I had a vehicle. And that is a privilege that I don't take lightly, mm -hmm. but I cannot pay that forward. I cannot give back to the level that I want to, if I'm broke and I'm living paycheck to paycheck, girl, <laughs> it's, like we were, it's like we were meant to be right now. Cause that's, that's what I keep telling you, you know, David and I always have, you know, we are, we live in that life of there is more months than paycheck. Mm. We are slowly coming out of that. Thankfully, because again, I have been blessed in my business with ways that I still can't even really comprehend because I don't see what has happened as something that I have personally done differently. It's just an inexplicable intervention of the Holy spirit and just me being more aware of the things that is, are being placed in me taking advantage. That's the thing is, you know, don't let, don't look for signs. If you see a sign, don't go, okay, that's my sign. And then just sit and wait. Right. Like, <laughs> I would oh, wait girl. for another one. <laughs> I'm like, honey, you gotta go take the, you gotta go, you gotta, it's, get the sign and then go, go start your watering right now. 
right now. Mm -hmm. You got to start getting that consistency and that work because he's showing you what you can do, but you got to go do it. That is a stressful way to live. And as a married mm -hmm. couple, it's even more stressful. We have been very blessed in the fact that we are best friends. So despite the stress of finances, we push past and, you know, we have gotten to a point in our, in our marriage where it's just like, well, I guess this is just what it is. Mm. Um, you're working. I got to stay home. You know, we're blessed. We have a roof over our head. We're blessed that we can pay the bills because some people can't barely keep their lights on. So I should be very grateful. Mm -hmm. I've got three healthy children, you know, that's amazing. Some people can't say that. You know, my children are not on medication, so I don't have to pay out of my pocket for meds. Um, those are blessings. But the thing is, is you can feel blessed and still want some more. Yes. Like, I feel like yes. we're made to feel like, like, you know, you know, people are like, you feel you, you should feel blessed. You should feel blessed that you're a stay home mom. You should feel blessed that you're have a job or blessed blah, blah, blah. I was like, I do a hundred percent understand that I am very in a situation that I do not deserve. I don't think any of us deserve our situation. If you are a Christian and you know mm -hmm. the story, but David and I sat and we were just like, is this, we never take vacation because we are on our phones and our bank account going, well, can't really eat out. And we, we find ourselves in a vacation to the point where we're calling my mom for money. Ugh. And then, so it got to the point where I was like, we just won't go anywhere. Cause until we get some sort of, you know, we got to stop. It was just this cycle. Yeah. It was this cycle of credit card and we got to pay that. So now we can't go do anything. It was just, we are in a vicious cycle and I finally kind of feel now I'm not like financially free. So I don't want to get allude to that, but I'm saying I'm at the point where I feel like I've kind of, you ever watch a top spin? I feel like I've kind of flicked it a little bit and it's finally starting to change the momentum. Mm -hmm. And that is the point in my life where I'm at. So I never want to tout right now what I'm like, what I do, like with the MLM thing and everything, it's not something that just falls in your lap and you're going to change your life. I'm sorry, but it's because people say that MLMers give them false hope. Mm. I say, yeah, well, some do because they say, well, all you got to do is just sell to a few of your friends and change your life. Yeah. That's, not Whew, that's, that's, that's the wrong thing to say. Um, so where I'm at with this, is I started in July. So I guess I'm about five months in. So I just want to give the, tell you realistically what I've done is we've been in this vicious cycle financially. Where we're just spinning. If you imagine the top, like in the end of that movie with Leonardo DiCaprio, the top that's been, uh, what's that? In can what's that movie? It ends and the top is spinning. It's that oh, weird movie. Where oh my yeah, gosh. My husband. He knows somebody will, will know what I'm, but the top is just spinning. Right. And so what I have finally been able to do just because I'm just breaking free of some of these things we talked about is I feel like I've flicked that top a little bit and it's starting to wobble. And if you can start to do that in your life and start changing momentum, it's not going to happen. We live in a microwave society, so it's not going to happen overnight. It's just mm -hmm. not. Um, it does take some time. But once you start to feel that momentum change, even though things aren't you're not free all of a sudden. You don't just break free suddenly overnight. Like you said, it's not this overnight success. Like, but when you start to feel that top wobble, you know, you know, something's happening, something, something's coming. So that's something's where I feel. Yeah. And that's why I feel the, the, the need to continue 
you know, it's not going to be an overnight thing and it might not even be your thing. It might take a while, but I'm liking the shift of the momentum. Well, and here's a beautiful thing. Again, this is somebody looking from the, the outside in just to see, and it is, it has been palpable. It has been visible. Just this blossoming of Stephanie and of this, like the, the videos that you do. And I'm like, Oh, somebody's feeling herself and not in a hater, like in a, yeah, girl, you look good way. Like, do you? And anytime, whatever it is that makes you come into your own and feel confident and to exude that because you have two little girls who are Mm. watching everything you do and Mm -hmm. they do not, they, at some point they're going to stop listening to what they say, but they are going to keep watching you. Mm Mm-hmm. And that is reason enough right there. Oh, the kids are, someone said, I don't remember who, maybe it was actually Mommy Millionaire, I think, um, talking about you you were your kid's window to the world. Mm -hmm. And if I can show up fully confident and teach, you know, I make them do morning affirmations. I'm sitting here reading all this mind. So I'm reading all this mindset stuff and waking up with positivity. I'm like, why the heck am I not doing this to my children? Mm-hmm. If, if, if we're filtering things from our own belief, then they need to be saying things that I know are true, that they need to start believing and filtering. They know they're smart and strong and brave and funny. Those are the things that we say and that they're so loved. And I want them to say that every morning because I know by reading all these mindset things, I mean, I know that that's meant for them. If they can go and start their morning thinking that, knowing that to be true, their brain will help them filter all the things that show them why that's so true, why mm-hmm. they're so smart or so loved and things like that. So hopefully they'll be good little people. <laughs> they, will. they will. They have a good little mama and dad oh, and dad. Thank you. He's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so no, what would be good. Like your, your closing thought for somebody who is in the midst of people pleasing, who wants to make a shift, and even somebody who is maybe considering getting into multi-level marketing or is in it and is like, I don't, how do I do this? How do I navigate this? I guess those are two big, two really big questions, but. Okay. I would say the first thing you need to do is write down a vision with no limitations. It was the first thing. What do I want from this world? Mm-hmm. No limitations. I'm not talking about writing it down. Well, ooh, that's not realistic. I want you to write down a, a vision. What, if you could do anything, you could have anything, be anything, write that statement down. And then why? Like, what would be your why? What the, my why is what drives me to what I want from mm-hmm. this life. I want time freedom. I want to go on vacation and not look at my bank account every five seconds. Yep. But why? And I think when you start to dig into your life, people are like, well, why, what? Because I want to make more money. And I just want to say to that, that is not a big enough why. Mm. You really have to do some soul searching and understand and, and peel back the layers of what, what is the reason to make you keep going? And my why, and I'll, I'll just get real and vulnerable right now, just maybe it'll help somebody out. When you become more afraid of not doing the thing you're scared of. So let's say I'm really scared of this thing. Mm-hmm. 
I'm scared of putting myself out there. I'm scared of change. I'm scared uh, I, I'll fail. Um, when you become more afraid of what will happen if you don't do the thing you're scared of, I am more afraid. Yes. Okay. Of, I clicked. Mm -hmm. of, of where I'm at and sticking at status quo and not going on vacation and not having my time freedom. I am more afraid of continuing this path this, this financial path, I am more afraid of that than me putting myself out there. You got to write stuff down. You've got to. I had to like brain dump one day. That was like the first thing I ever did. And I would say the next thing would be to start to find people who inspire you. Mm -hmm. Find your people. When you go into a church full of believers, you cannot help but become a believer. When people are, are praising and singing and lifting their hands and, and, tearing up and worshiping. How can you not catch that energy? Find some people, find a community of energy that you want to be a part of. And I promise you will catch that energy. Um, if you're in multi-level marketing or wanting to be a part of multi-level marketing, then I would just say, make sure you are choose wisely. Don't just go to your friend who's like, Oh, sign up with me. Cause I love it. Do, do, do. Find someone mm -hmm. who's serious. Find someone who has your best interest at heart. Because I think a lot of people just kind of sign up with their cousins and their friends. And, and that's fine. I understand. But I would say at the end of the day, I did the same thing in my other marketing companies. And those friends kind of like fell off. They were like, I don't really. And then you just kind of lose a leader. You lose, mm -hmm. you lose that person that you need to constantly cheer you on. And then aside from multi-level marketing, the last thing I'll say is just um, – you know, you're probably like, I'm not passionate about multi-level marketing. That's not what I want to do. I think we all have a passion. Um, and I think this is a year where we need to say, stop waiting around for another like eye of the hurricane, so to speak, because there will be another storm. Don't wait for your kids to be older or when you have more time, just do it, do it messy. Mm -hmm. Fail your way to success. The only way you're going to do this is fail. The only way you learn anything is fail. And the last thing I'll say is John Maxwell said this the most beautifully. I think I can't even say it better is he says, when you get into your car and it's dark outside and you turn on your headlights, you only get to see 700 feet ahead of you. You don't get to see three miles. So oh. just because you can't see the finish line and because it doesn't, you can't see it. You have to start driving the car to see the next step to see the next turn. The next so, 700 feet. 700 feet's all you get. You don't get 10 miles. I love that. And you have to push the pedal and just go. And I know that's a scary thing, but you have to find someone. I tell you what, you need your people. If you want to do anything mm -hmm. in life, I don't care what it is. You need people who will back you up, cheer you on, give you quotes. And I mean, you need your people. Got to have your people. Couldn't agree more. I hope you enjoy that conversation with Stephanie as much as I did. I did want to insert a little update here because after that conversation, I had a separate conversation with Stephanie about Monate hair care. And I let her know very upfront, listen, the only reason I never tried your products before is because with all due respect, Stephanie and I had very different hair textures. I have curly hair that is prone to frizz and she has lovely hair, but didn't seem like it was a similar texture. So that's the only reason I never tried it before. 
She got me on a, a regimen of products that I really enjoyed. And then most recently, I let her know, look, I've been having some dry scalp issues. Are there a different set of products I could use? And she recommended this line of, the, I think it's called the Purifying Vinegar Cleanser and the Hair Scrub or the mat, the Scalp Scrub. Y'all, it worked so well. Better than my old faithful um, Head and Shoulders. I had used that for years. And for some reason, that just was not even touching my dry scalp issues anymore. But I tried Monate's um, hair care or scalp treatments and so, so good. And again, I was honest with her. I said, it's not that I didn't want to try it. I just, you know, didn't know that products would be able to work on my hair texture. So she's been a joy to work with and has been very upfront. Like if you don't like something, you can send it my back and get your money back. But ever since that conversation, I've been using Monate Hair Care. So seems to be working pretty well for me. So I have Stephanie's contact information or her Instagram in the show notes. Please reach out to her if you have any questions. My favorite thing about Stephanie is, <laughs> even though I went against her advice a couple times, she will let you know if she doesn't think something's gonna work for your hair texture because she was very upfront about a couple products I wanted to try. And I was like, why would I do it anyway? And um, side note, Stephanie was correct. It did not work on my hair like I thought it would. But she's been great to work with and she will take the time to ask around and ask other people with similar hair texture to find out what would work the best for me. And it's been an amazing customer service process and the products themselves are great too. So reach out to her. You have her contact information, at least her Instagram in the show notes. If you liked this episode and want to share it, please, by all means, do. You can text it. You can email it. You can send a link to our podcast website, which, again, remember, is breakinglabelspodcast.com. That's an easy way to share it with friends who maybe don't use iTunes or Spotify or iHeartRadio. And make sure to go check out our Instagram so you can see pictures of Stephanie and her beautiful family. And thank you again. If you like this episode, then I hope for sure that you'll subscribe to it so that you automatically get our new episodes every Wednesday. Have a great rest of the week. 